Welcome to Move the District, where you can find the best ways to stay healthy, stay moving, and stay informed in Washington, D.C. Now, more than ever, we have a wealth of information and opportunities to live the high-performance, pain-free life that we want. My name is Dr. Mike Yasson, and my goal is to show you the backstories behind the individuals and businesses that provide these opportunities for everyone, no matter who you are. Now, let's move. Move the District is sponsored by Big Leap Performance and Rehab. At Big Leap Performance and Rehab, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active during the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better. Head to BigLeapPerformanceAndRehab.com to see how we can help you stay active for life. All right. Welcome back to episode 42, 42 of Move the District. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Yassen, and we got another great episode today. Before we uh, dive on in, uh, I need a favor from our fellow listeners at home. If you haven't already, please, 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 please subscribe, whatever platform you listen to, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, whatever it is, please subscribe. Please drop us a five-star rating. We appreciate it very much. Uh, today, our, uh, our guest on the show, he's the co-founder and lead captain of District Running Collective. Please welcome Matt Green. Matt, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, I appreciate you inviting me to the show. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I think I've, I've been kind of following uh, DRC for, for a while, kind of behind the scenes. I remember my, uh, my girlfriend used to live on H Street at uh, Anthology. And I remember like coming home from work, like late at night, and there's just like 50 people in front of Whole Foods. And I'm like, who the hell are these guys? Yeah. And, <laughs> and then I like did a little like research and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then like, I don't know, something about like, you guys had like, the neon color shirts and like, and like, you know, I was like, Oh damn. I was like, that's, uh, that's, that's you guys. And so I've kind of always been, uh, just kind of following behind the scenes, but now I'm up front and center. Yeah. Yeah. That was when we were at Apollo. Um, I think that was our second, like we've always been in the eight street neighborhood, but we've moved around quite a bit, but that one was really cool. Uh, getting to be right next to the whole foods and being in like the, that apartment building kind of, uh, uh, set up before we had to, <laughs> before we had to move. <laughs> <laughs> were you guys, were you guys inside of the Apollo? Did you guys have like a setup inside the Apollo or? We were, it was kind of like in their open, it was like in the cafe area, the wine, the wine down. Oh yeah. Wine down, and then some of like the open areas we were able to use because it had just opened up. Yeah. Um, so they were, and then it got kind of, I don't think when we usually say, oh, we're going to have, you know, a hundred to 150 people show up. I think in theory, people are like, oh, that's not that many people, but it's a lot of people. So that that was, you know, trying to control up. that large of a crowd and the sidewalk and the residents. So we got a couple of complaints and it typically would work like that. So we don't have that problem. Well, we haven't had that problem within the last couple of years, but uh, that that was kind of where we were at the Apollo. But it was a really cool relationship kind of working with the um, the building managers and, and 
kind of a different aspect of just meeting at a, a bar or a restaurant. I, lo- I mean, I love the Atrium Quarter. I mean, there's so much like going on there, and it, it's really been developed over the last I don't know decade or so. It's really, I mean, yeah. started to come around, and, and there's been a lot of cool stuff that's that's been happening there. So um, it's a good good spot to be. Yeah, uh, it's exciting. But, uh, but let's uh, let's dive into the story here between uh, behind DRC. Where did when did DRC get started? Because I read something pretty interesting, but I want to see if it's <laughs> if it's true or not. Um, so we we started in May of of 2013. Um, it was my before DRC's actual um, birth. Uh, it was an event called Midnight on Mars for my 26th birthday. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's what I, I, that's what I heard. And you said you wanted to do a 5k instead of having a birthday party. Yeah. I want to do a 5k at midnight, you know, and this is when eight street, you know, we were running out of Avery's on eight street, which now isn't there anymore. Unfortunately, one of the other co-founders, his brother was really cool with the, um, the owner that was trying to build up Avery's. And we just like, you know, we had a, a following and just from like individually, I had a business for DRC and just the connections like worked. Right. And we were able to, he let us use the space to, to have that, that run and had over a hundred people show up that night. And it was like, oh, wow. You know, this is something that DC really hasn't been doing. This is like really before like the, the big boom of boutique gyms. CrossFit was kind of like really coming into the area around that time and establishing itself. But like, just like how big it is now and as many groups that there were it, that didn't really exist. Yeah. It's kind of like social aspect of fitness didn't exist. And it was starting to blossom. And we were, I want to say like on the towards the front end of that. Um, but that was it was 8th Street 2013. Um, and then in 2014, we uh, established our weekly runs, which pretty much blew up from from there as DRC became a, a community. Nice. So now, were you a runner always growing up or or what made you be like, hey, we should start a run group or we should run a 5K for my birthday? I was not a runner. Uh, I mean, I, I was always in, you know, I was an athlete in high school. Okay. I was in the fitness in college. I was a wrestler uh, in, in high school. So I had to run. I went to the math at high school in Hyattsville. Okay. One of the premier athletic schools in the country. Yeah. You know, selfish plug, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, but I'm I'm a DC native, so you know th- that was like you know going to that school. Everyone was either athlete or into something. Um, but my running background, you know, I ran in middle school, and I have like ties to a lot of uh, really great track programs and, and track coaches that have still mentored me. You know, through my you know uh, school career, my educational career, and my um, professional career. So it was pretty easy to tap into it, but it wasn't until I graduated from college, you know, and really started to see my getting older and my metabolism slowing down that it's like, you know what, I got to institute some more cardio. Got to do something. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, from that and then just seeing like the way there were some really cool things happening in the running community as far as like it started to become really diverse brands started really investing in it and, and just creating these really cool stories and what i had seen as long as with the uh along with the other co-founders were these really cool groups opening up around around the country and around the world and it was like wow they're doing like these really cool events that you necessarily wouldn't put with running and, it, and it's like i saw people that looked like me putting together events and it's like 
when did you know for African Americans in doing long distance, it wasn't something that I really saw growing up. Right. Um, but seeing like more and more folks that look like me get into like just running long longer distances that wasn't a 5k for you know St. Jude's or a walk or you would hear people doing marathons but it was very like a personal goal not like a group versus like a like a lifestyle almost yeah exactly um so it was cool and it wasn't here in DC so me and other co-founders decided to you know band together and kind of create something for here I think, I think that's awesome. Cause I, mean, I think I, I read that you said, you know, you want to change the way the minority community views running, which I think is, is, is true. Cause I mean, you don't see, you know, you, you look around and it's not, it's not, you know, a diverse running community historically. I think starting out, it was like, we wanted to change the way people looked at running period. You mm-hmm. know, I, you know, DC is pretty diverse and my, you know, I went to HBCU, my, my network was, you know, predominantly, you know, minority, but it was more just like DC as a culture for how people looked at like networking in DC and just DC kind of like losing some of its, um, like being a, na- a DC native and DC losing its, you know, culture and history with things that were opening up. And from me growing up here, seeing the change um, and being able to like to bring something else to the table other than going to a happy hour and saying like, hey, what do you do? you know, for a living and, you know, how much money do you make? And I do this, but versus, Hey, DC has something else to offer. Um, and then from that, it was just like, we saw that there were needs in the, the minority, you know, in the black community and, and any, you know, the minority communities in DC to make it important for us to get out and, and work out. I think, I think it's like one of those, like the old, like DC versus Washington, like kind of thing where it's exactly. like, you know, what is, what's, what's DC and what's Washington. And, and I think, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm from New York originally. So I, you know, I've only been here for six years or so, but you see like what DC is and, and the, it's the culture, it's the community. And then you see the Washington side, which is what everyone sees on like CNN and, and, you know, all that other stuff. And, exactly. and, and there's that, yeah, there's a happy hour where you go and you go, what do you do? How much money do you make? And, and then there's, you know, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's something about, you know, being able to talk about ideas versus being able to talk about, you know, other people or, 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 you know, more like material things like that, I think separates the two communities. Exactly. I completely agree. And that, um, that was what we were, you know, wanted to, to change and just going to those happy hours was just, it, it was, I mean, it was like networking happy hour, networking happy hour. It was cool, but if you weren't, and expensive. It was like, you were like a business card, like if your business card wasn't, didn't have anything that was like, Oh, what can I do with this? Then people, right. were, you know, trying to, not lie, but just make it like, you know, perpetrate like what they're, what they're really doing. So it was just, I don't know. I didn't really like it. Right. It's a, it's a whole scene. I think, I think there's a whole scene of like, Oh, how can I connect with you? And, and you gotta like, and I've, you know, I've seen like, like people who like work on the Hill and there's like the, Oh, well, I hate this guy, but I gotta go hang out with them. And like, you know, it's just like this whole, (laughs) it's so fake. It's so fake. And you're like, look, if I like you, man, like I want to hang out with you. I want to get a beer with you. You know, like, like that's, you know, one of the things we, I use here at, at Big League for like when I've like brought on physical therapists and other employees is like the beer at the bar test. Like, dude, you're someone that I want to get a drink with and not just like be like, Hey, let's connect. It's like, you know, you're someone that I could sit there and get a beer with. I'm like, all right, this person's probably a good person to like, you know, not only get a beer at the bar with, but probably to, you know, someone I could hang out with and, and work with, uh, you know, for a long term. Exactly. Yeah. So 
I, I, I feel you on that. Um, what, what was your, uh, what was your first job when you moved here? So I work, I still work for the, uh, for an agency for the federal government, um, as a graphic designer, as a senior graphic designer. Oh, cool. Um, and I got that out of my, while I was in college, graduated, went into a co-op program and I've been there ever since. Um, I started a business right out of college, a a t-shirt, like a streetwear brand back in 2010. Um, and did that for about four years. It's just something like, you know, doing government work can be, it's very uh, financially freeing and, you know, allow me to to do the things that I can do on the side because um, not as demanding, but uh, I still needed to fulfill certain like passions and design and creativity. So that's when I started like a, a t-shirt brand back in the day with a, another group of friends from college. Nice. And um, so, yeah, so that's, that was my first job, I'm, and I'm still still there. So I'm still a designer. Okay. I'm a creative director, strategist, that type of thing. Nice. Uh, is the is the t-shirt company is the streetwear brand? Is it still still going, or or has that since stopped? It, it has since fizzled out. It okay. was a great experience. That a lot of the things that I found out from that brand helped kind of like build DRC into like how we approach branding and just everything that we do, a lot of that stuff came from like all the knowledge I gained from that first business. Have you always been someone like with that entrepreneurial, uh, I hate to say entrepreneurial spirit, but that kind of mindset of like, I'm going to start something. For sure. Since, I mean, since you were like a kid, elementary school, like I used to, you know, make beads, like bead bracelets and sell them for like 25 cents a color. Um, I painted, I got into painting t-shirts and painting clothes in eighth grade through high school and college as, you know, ways to get extra money Yeah, painting like Looney Tunes characters. And so it was like, I've always like, I'm, I'm a creative man. I'm an artist by, you know, by, by birth, you know, my, yeah. my parents are creative, you know, and they've had their own businesses and side businesses. So it's something that, you know, I've definitely have been doing since I've been a, a kid. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I love that. Cause I think a lot of times you see what I'm not, I don't think I classify as one of these people, but I think a lot of times it's like fun to talk with entrepreneurs and you're like, see, like, you know, they were the ones selling like the lemonade stand and then they're like selling beads and they're like cutting up, you know, pictures out of magazines and selling the pictures, the magazine. Right. So yeah. Uh, so you, from an early age, you, you knew you were, uh, you were probably going to be doing your, your own thing at some point. Pretty much. Pretty much. And, and probably for the rest of your life too, at some point. Pretty much. <laughs> I, I love having my own thing and just kind of like, again, I said the government thing is cool, but it's, you know, having the freedom to like come up with an idea and then see it, like, you know, see your idea start to blossom, become this thing that's bigger. Um, and then other people get attached to it. And then it's like, it becomes bigger than just your idea. And it becomes this huge, just thing that's, it just has branches that now people, you know, changes lives or creates products, whatever the case may be. I think it's amazing to see like, oh, I, I helped do that. 100%. Do you, uh, do you think you would ever leave your uh, government job? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. If it made sense, you know, I mean, right now it's just like, it's one of those things where I've been I'm trying to get out, trying to find a way out. You know, you hear so many like Ted talks and podcasts like, Oh, I just quit. And it was this and that, and you know, talk to people that have quit from government started their own thing. Oh yeah. Um, but then like pandemic hit and it's like, I'm glad I got it. 
hundred <laughs> percent. I, I just had uh, Danielle Hurt, who's a running coach over in Arlington on uh, last week. And she was saying that you know, she, she quit her, you know, cozy job and, and started her own like run coaching business in March of 2020. Mm. And, you know, you got a whole right. month there. You're like, holy <laughs> shit, what, what am I going to do? And yeah, uh, yeah I, mean, I think that was for a lot of people. You're just kind of like, well, glad I, glad I got this job. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I think I'm able to to multitask and kind of a high fun a high functioning multitasker. Um, so I'm able to I can do this, I can complete this, get everything done at work, perform at a high level, you know. But I, ultimately, I would like to work for myself um, and do, you know, whether it's DRC or some other type of creative creative endeavor. We got other we got other ideas. Oh come on, this is me here. Yeah, of course. <laughs> trying to change the world <laughs> there you go love it love it um yeah I, I i mean hey i i took the jump i guess it was three three years ago three years ago wow um and yeah it's it's uh do it do it do it got it and <laughs> that energy over Send that energy over. exactly so so now let's talk a little bit more about drc now with um now you you co-found you had several people that helped you start it up now, how does it work on a on a day to day basis now with with the rest of your team? Yeah, so it, there's a, a really big team of people now. It started with um, you know four, uh, three other of my my buddies from college. Um, two were in the area, including myself, and one was in. Uh, well, they kind of been going back from like New York, North Carolina, moving around. But uh, Carl Meyer, Taylor Blake, and uh, Chaz Dawson were the other co founders of DRC. So it was coming up with the initial idea, the first couple of events, the first couple of years. And then, you know, life happens and people were, you know, law school, military, work, kind of like moving around. But I knew I was going to be here and just kind of like took the ship and kept, kept it moving. Um, and then had some amazing people. I have a group of captains that I think it's all together. There's like 16 or 17 of us now, including like, you know, the leadership team. Um, with myself, Ashley, well, Ashley Green, uh, she was recently married, and then um, and Corey Redden, and then just breaks down into like a whole org structure of oh wow, you know, programming, newsletter, communication, you know, just uh, run captain. So it's trying to figure okay. out how that works and how it can work specifically for us has been um, something as a as a you know coming as like a just a creative and just like I want to do everything to then start living you know right delegating things off has, has been a a, a journey <laughs> for me um, <laughs> so so you don't just show up and, and run is that, is that what you're saying no not at all <laughs> um, not quite <laughs> there's a yeah, lot of stuff i think me. that's probably what a lot of people like see and they're like oh like this is yeah you just you just throw a party and and you go for a run and, and then we say let's meet next week and then that's like that's how it goes but oh, there's no. all the little, <laughs> all the little nuts and bolts that that go into the emails and the oh and for the sure collaboration yeah. and then the 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 time you know planning out everything and that that's all the like nuts and bolts and I think that's I think that's why you have a team right because like you're yeah. you, you do you're the big picture guy and then you have other people who like keep your uh, keep your feet on the ground yeah because we we also have a a, a paid membership platform that we have 125 members part of right now um and then that was like something that you know when people would buy into 
the membership of DRC and creating that experience. It's like making sure that we're able to create everything that we need for, for those folks that, you know, felt passionate enough to, to you know, to pay into this idea and, and into this community. So, so it's, it's a lot of layers. <laughs> so where did the idea of a membership come into play then? Um, it was like the natural progression. Um, we, we had started, you know, seeing a lot of like brand, you know, uh, brands coming into play and, and just like different businesses that want to partner. And the question that always would come up is like, you know, there's this huge community of like hundreds of people that come out to our weekly runs, but we would get questions about how, you know, how can this brand like come in and integrate with our community or can we get, you know, we want to get certain people product and we want to do photo shoots and we want to do give certain things, but you can't do it for everybody. Um, I mean, you can, but there's certain people where it's like, this is like our core people that are there every week that, you know, you can count on if you need volunteers versus like this one person that just happened to show up, you know, cause they're in town. It's like, granted they get to take advantage of it too, but it's like, I wanted to take care of like these core people the experiences yeah. for these core folks that really, you know, make DRC what it is. Cause they're ultimately amb- ambassadors of DRC as well. So that was like the natural progression was we want to create things for a smaller group that's focused that we can give, you know, product to that we can create experiences for to do all these really cool things and know, you know, and get feedback from them directly. It's like, okay, well, I appreciate your opinion because like, you know, about DRC. Right. You know, so that was like one of the, the things that it was just, we had to kind of branch and to create some like more financial support from on our own. Like, how do you start building something that you could do for free and something that people can come out and run for free? Well, how do you start introducing like financial structures to it other than product? Right, right. So is it is it a non uh, nonprofit? It is an LLC. Okay. Um, and we are looking into different ways to, you know, we we have our like nonprofit arm, but haven't officially created that like structure yet. Gotcha, gotcha. And then and then where did the how the uh, partnership with Under Armour come along? Because I mean that's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. So Under Armour came. I think that was 2016. We've been with them two, four, I guess going on six years or so, five or six years now. Um, Yeah, so they came in and that was introduced by uh, a group out of New York, kind of like made the connection, Harlem Run. Um, They were with Under Armour at the time and they were somehow uh, Allison, uh, the leader of Harlem Run at at the time, they've since kind of like moved around doing some like really good things but she kind of made the intro for us uh, with Under Armour and then kind of like built out a relationship with them because they saw what we were doing, got to connect with uh, the person that was there at the time, uh, their sports marketing person at the time that we were with for, you know, numerous amount of years. Great, you know, great lady, great woman. I mean, Um, and yeah, it was just like, they liked what we did. We were talking to some other brands, but it made sense that they're in Baltimore yeah, they were like really on the up and coming when it came to what they were doing for the brand. Like the growth was like really crazy at the time. Um, so just like it made sense. And then like for what they wanted to do with us and how we wanted to grow, uh, they were, you know, with it from the start to have this kind of like partnership, not just we want you to we want to take over what you're doing and do it for us. Or we just want to give you, you know, 
a couple of pairs of shoes and now we're a partner type of thing. Right, right, right. Do you do you wear Under Armour running shoes? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm all in. Okay, you want to want to make sure it's one of those things where you see you, know, you see Derek Jeter driving a Ford, and it's like, come on, you know he's not driving a Ford. <laughs> I'm, I'm all I'm UA out. Okay, <laughs> they, they make sure we have enough product. Best believe, I like I go through seasons of gear and shoes, and I'm like, I can't. I got to recycle, or I would have I already had shoe boxes to the ceiling. So nice, the, you know, new stuff coming in, old stuff goes out. What's your uh, what's your go to uh, running shoe? Um, right now, one of my favorites with with Under Armour has been like their Sonic um, platform, and that's with Hover. It was like the technology that they sure. had, and they would they would like really appreciate me, you know, explaining all this stuff on your show. But well, go um, ahead. <laughs> Here's your platform. <laughs> right. Sell sell me on Under Armour running shoes. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about the gear. The gear is where the is where the magic happens. But the oh, shoe, is that right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I swear by their gear. But as a Lululemon ambassador, I don't know, man. I could, uh, you know, I I, re- I I love Lulu. I think they do some amazing things. But it's 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 very Anarmas. A, 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 they're an apparel focused brand that started breaking into the shoe market. So they're still in like its earlier stages and they're creating some really great products and luckily we've got to see kind of from where they started to where they're going and they just right. released this new shoe the velocity flow wind um nice. i think i said that right it's like three names but it's like it's really cool they really go really hard on technology of their shoes and trying to make it better but i like the sonic it's a neutral shoe okay um it's good spring i don't really like too much su- support or a bulky shoe, it's light. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a more neutral uh, kind of guy, and I, I use I use Ons, which I, I love the Ons. But gotcha. I've been seeing a lot more of those. Yeah. Around. Um, but but I think yeah, I've had those for like the last four years or so, maybe now. Um, but maybe I need to I need to check out the Under Armour ones next next time. These flows are, I mean, depending on your, I think one I always I think you always have to have a, a number of shoes that you run in anyway. Obviously, um, you got to have at least five. You know, at least, <laughs> at least. Like you probably look by my front door and it's like, you know, just five pairs of running shoes. Just right how, do you, how do you decide which pair of shoes to wear? Outfit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's usually. I thought you're going to be like maybe the, the terrain I'm running on, the distance well, I mean, I'm running, how fast I want to run. No, just. Because it's like, because, you know, I'm able to get so much product and yeah. so many things. Like I got like their trail shoes and which are, are fantastic. Um, but usually it would be like the distance because some, okay. some of their shoes, it's like they're light, but I wouldn't run more than three to, you know, three to five, three to four miles in them. Gotcha. And then someone's like, I need, I'm training for, you know, a marathon or half marathon. I need something that's a little more stable. So that's where like, like their Sonic is really good. And the velocities are typically like a speed shoe. And they're just, again, they're working on like creating these different platforms for different runners. Awesome. They're getting there. Gotcha. So, so, so the fit and then distance, that's basically how it goes, right? I mean, to be, I'm, I was joking, but definitely <laughs> it's usually just like, all right, I'm going to get a quick run in. Um, I'm going to put these on because I know how, you know, I'll feel. I'm right. trying to be as in tune with my body as much as possible. So what's, what's your, uh, what's your training look like? Um, so right now, the the members and the crew were, were doing this eight week 
fastest mile training plan, which has been really cool. So usually we don't, we don't really focus on shorter distances. So um, right now um, we got like a, tra- well, we got a training plan where it's like four to five days out the week. It's a shorter distance type of training plan. I got to run today. We're doing half mile repeats. So anywhere from like running, you know, recovery runs, tempo runs to then having like a speed day or a strength day with hills is what I've been doing recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just depends on like what I'm training for. Since races are closed or not are canceled, we decided that we would create our own experiences for our members and community. Um, like we had the District 19 last year. Yeah. It was a 19 miler and 19 kilometer run because everything was canceled. So we came up with the, a way to make something happen. But typically, yeah. like, it would be by season. Like, I'm going to train mm-hmm. for this thing. And I'm, I'm you know, I'll get a couple miles in regardless, you know, two to three times out of the week. Not training, but having that, I got a race coming up. Now I'm on it. You know? how, how has your mindset shifted in the last year from, hey, I got a race coming up. I need to get my shit ready versus, well, there are no races. Should I run? So for me, like, the pandemic changed a lot for me. Um I, I was coming off of running a 50K, uh, the Marine Corps 50K uh, in 2019. Okay. So I was like, I don't want to run anything. <laughs> after was, that that. Your, was that your first ultra? That was my first ultra. And it was a whole <laughs> experience that, that happened that happened with that. Um, so coming out of that, I was like, I'm going to take a break. And usually I wouldn't take a break. I would go straight into... Someone is at the front door. Oh. You want to get that? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry about that. But no worries. We'll we'll uh, we'll edit that out. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, where I was going. I think I left off with. Yeah, I think typically January, going in January would be the, we would do Miami Marathon to have something to run during the winter, um, going into like Cherry Blossom. Mm-hmm. So it's like always kind of like keeping in some kind of shape and right. looking forward to different things. But once the pandemic hit and then running that 50K, I didn't run, run anything. I was like, I'm going to chill for the first part of the year. Um, and then we went to Miami happened. I just cheered, we went to New Orleans, just cheered, had a good time. Um, <laughs> As one does in New Orleans. You know, you know, it was great. It was a oh, crew trust down me. there. That's one, of my, that's one of my favorite cities, man. Oh, I love New was, Orleans. There's a running crew down there um, that they, uh, the 504th, they invited us down and a bunch of other crews for this like Bridge the Gap weekend. Um, and that was pretty much the last thing that happened going into the pandemic. Oh, man. So I was like, already mentally not there when it came to running and just because of that experience and just being like i'm exhausted i need to like get excited about running right and then it kind of switched to i'm not running the pandemic's happening i'm inside i want to do something i'm not not feeling right because for the last you know seven years i've been always running the you know our drc stuff would start back up and that's when it really hit me we're supposed to start back up in march and nothing happened so mentally it it put me in a state that i was like i'm not used to the way that this feels and i didn't know what to do 
So then that's where trying to find like the love of running again, trying to like find, you know, talk with people through Zoom and just people just being really honest about where they were at. Yeah. Um, kind of like got me, got my mental back right. We figured out a plan for to do something with DRC, which was that 19 miler, 19K. Um, and that kind of like put me back on track. I didn't run it. So it was just like, it was like, I, I pretty much took the year off and I think it was pretty necessary. Yeah. Um, I, I find that I think a lot of times, like after, especially after like a, such an intense race, like a 50K where like people, like it's just hard to get back on track after that. You have all this effort, all this focus and like, you, you do it and it's just like, like now what now, now where do I go? And your body hurts, your brain hurts. And, and you're like, I I can't do this right. And you've, you've been running, I mean, you know, pretty consistently for like the last seven years. So then you're like, now what do I do? Right. Right. And, and so did you feel like you were just burned out? Is that, is that, you know, what you, is that how you felt? Oh yeah. I mean, in the top of the year, I was definitely burned out. Mm -hmm. I I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything like, and I don't think my body was fully recovered. And I was just like, I'm just going to sit. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm never doing that again, but <laughs> as long as I can keep up with it, like, I don't, it was just something that I hadn't done. was just kind of like chill out. Um, right. So that was, that was just like, you know, I, I experienced that, that break, you know, and I think just being able to sit down and not have to worry about, Oh, we're traveling to New York or, we're planning to go to London for a race in May, or we're going to do this. I'm going to go here. Everything slowed down and got to really focus on things that were important, um, which was, you know, I got to look internally, like look at my health and my sanity, you know, just my personal stuff that needed to be taken care of. And then the community and then seeing being able to like still be there for everyone and trying to figure out how we can do stuff virtually together. Um, and it ended, up, it ended up working itself out and, was able to kind of prep us for, for this year. Right. I'm really excited about what we got going on. What, what's going on in 2021? <laughs> I mean, build up there. You, got, you can't leave me <laughs> hanging like that. Shit. Um, so we, we are going to start back up our, our weekly runs in person. to like a, in a limited, you know, uh, fashion. So that's going to be exciting. Um, kind of like being able to run in groups again. We really re- took a different approach to our membership and creating these training plans. Um, so that has been, um, that's been like really cool to, yeah, just to come up with like our own things to focus on versus like focusing on races. So we really dove in, like let's worry about membership and creating these plans and these different streaming way, ways that we can stream in things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so like those were, yeah, so that was like, that was probably like the, the crux of it. And then come the fall, we plan on doing another race like we did uh, with the District 19. Nice. Now, do you, who does the programming for like the training plans? Uh, it's, it's a collaboration of folks, but, but Cliff, uh, Cliff Light, one of the captains is pretty much like the architect when it comes to like building out a lot of the plans that we, that we have. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then you guys are going to do like another District 19 run? Or something similar. Yeah, something something similar. Something Talk similar. a little bit more about about that about what you guys did back in the fall for that because that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, so um, that was around the time where you know there were so many things happening at once, and for us, 
for how we usually try to use our voice, you know, with the the protests against, you know, social injustices that were happening with George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, that are still happening. Um, we wanted to use our voice in a way that was, that we wanted to do it. You know, a lot of people were going downtown and, and protesting, but for DRC, we felt like we could add our, our own way and how we would normally approach a, a scenario like that, which was through running, how can we help amplify um, that was one getting out the vote. And that was very important for us in our community about, you know, how important it is for people to vote for, you know, for this, for that, for this, for that election that just passed. <laughs> this, that, um, this. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and just like, you know, a lot of this, like the social things that were happening, we wanted to find out how we can like play our part. And mm -hmm. then we also wanted to create something because there was nothing, everything got canceled and people still wanted to run. It's like, how can we still create some type of avenue in our own way to celebrate that and get people to still train? And that was like pretty much the foundation of it. And we figured out how we can make it work. And we use, you know, from the apparel, like the t-shirts, um, the, the signs, um, even like making the course, like this digital course that people could like, when they sign up, you can, you, you download this app and the app will let you know if you're going off course and when you pass a certain mile point and then we could see it and we had like a setup that was social distancing, this huge field um, in Northeast. Nice. So we can see where everybody was going. And we had like, you know, it was just able, we were able to put together something that we thought made sense and it was the safest way to go about it with a, with a limited number, like 250 people. You hey. know, we can get something accomplished pretty well. Right, yeah, no, I think, there, I mean, everything, everything was canceled last year, like you said. And, uh, and so being able to find a way to make it work, especially, you know, back in the fall, I, I think like that was probably something that was probably pretty valuable to a lot of people. Cause I think, you know, you talk about like not having that like concrete goal in, in, in front of you of, of a, of a marathon or half marathon, 5k, whatever it might be. So then to be able to give people that opportunity, I think, you know, probably, gave people a, a little bit of a mental like relief where they can like, Hey, like I can get out of here and I can, you know, I can get out of my house and I can go train for this, this race. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was exactly the whole point of it. And I mean, folks were already starting to run, starting to train for marathons, thinking that they were going to come back. Mm -hmm. So it just allowed them to kind of like pivot. And, you know, and even for the people that didn't weren't training for marathons, they were, you know, 19 K is just over 11 miles. So it can take a couple of weeks to train for that. And we gave out medals and all kinds of cool stuff that we thought, you know, that made sense for us. Nice. Uh, and then you think something similar coming up this fall, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Bigger, I mean, I think we're, you know, right now we're kind of just trying to make sure we got everything lined up for this first half. And then we're going to go full force into Something around it, that same concept. It was District 19 had a meaning because you know with COVID 19. So I don't know. You know, we're still putting some thought into. We want to keep it the exact same mm -hmm. or change it to make it specifically for this year. It does make me think of that movie. What was that movie with a uh, district like 60 something? I forget what it is. With, like um, the aliens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It does make me think of that, but I see the, 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 the correlation with uh, 2020 for sure. Yeah. Um, 
Now, what, so what, what's planned here for the first half of the year for, for DRC? Um, so right now it was the launch of our membership. Um, our, we had two eight-week training plans that we're doing. We start back up our Wednesday runs open to the public on the 17th next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll progressively open up for our Saturday runs um, as well. And then from that, like we'll start seeing like see, seeing the other additional things that we want to add on. Just trying to take our time and be safe with it. Mm-hmm. But really just kind of getting back to some kind of norm where people can run in groups and kind of have that community again is pretty much the focus. And our membership is, you know, one of the main focal points as well. And just making sure they're energized, right. that community is going. So by the, the next opening come July, um, we'll have like another surge of folks that can come in that we can really, you know, adhere our, our year to. Do you have like a wait list to, to, to get in or, or to be like members or, or is there, or is that? Is, there's a process. Um, okay. It's, I mean, it's one of those things where we want to make sure folks that join have an understanding what, who we are and what we are and what we do mm-hmm. before they, you know, it's not just something where we want people to just wear a, a, a district running collective t-shirt, but to actually be part of the community and, you know, make the membership be as great and, you know, and big as it, as it can be. So it's not just something like, oh, you know, what are you all going to give me for signing up? It's like, well, what do you help bringing to make this community great? Got to earn that T-shirt. Exactly. Exactly. No, no free T-shirts. No free (laughs) (laughs) T-shirts. But I like, you know, before we went live, you know, you said, you know, a lot of like run groups are, are built to, you know, have the community build up the, the, uh, the run group, the business, whatever it might be. But then for you guys, you know, it's more of a focus on, using the run group to build up the community. And, and I think that is, is such a powerful way, way to look at it. Cause yeah, I think, you know, we can, you know, you know, build a community to propel a bigger, like to, to, to propel a business, but then to propel a community, you know, into being able to, you know, view running as, as something that, you know, everyone can do. I think that's a pretty powerful thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of like always, we try to connect a lot of dots when it comes to, to DRC. Um, you know, the people that we work with and making sure the the organizations, the businesses, and that we're uplifting one another. Um, because ultimately, it's, our, it's about the people. DRC wouldn't be what it is without the people that run with us and help spread the message of what we do. Like We can create a bunch of cool things to do, but if there's no one there to take part in it and really feel the invest in what we're trying to do, then then it doesn't really matter, you know? So it's very important for us to like how we make sure we bring certain people into our membership or people that we bring on the team that they have an understanding of like the foundation of what DRC is about and the people that we bring. And it's more than just like running at the end of the day. Right. It's about the neighborhoods we run through. It's about the, 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 the other partnerships that we have with other, you know, similar organizations and help building one another up. Um, so yeah, it's like everything kind of comes out of the, you know, our running group. And then we bring on a brand that makes sense. We'll bring on, you know, a sponsor that makes sense. It's not just, oh, we want to throw this money at you or throw this product at you because we got it. It's like, well, if it doesn't make sense and, you know, you don't even know who we are and what we're about, then, then no, nah, we're good. We don't need it right. at the end of the day. I think, uh, you know, I think I, I read that you said, you know, your goal ultimately is to make running while black a thing. 
And, and I think what, what's the, the next step that happens? What, what's the next thing that has to happen as you, know, you continue to build your platform? Um, I, I mean, I, I think everything is education is, is one. Um, and awareness is, is another piece of that as well. So it's being front facing, being loud on our part is going to be a way that, you know, it'll start opening doors and getting people to, you know, to really hear and see what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the past we may have not, you know, not been as loud as we wanted want to be, but it's, there's something that, you know, the experience of like being, you know, a black, a black male that runs is different from, you know, black male, black female, you know, it's different from other other folks of, of you know a non or, or a white runner or or whatever the case may be. Right. So it's like making sure like that experience, like you know what they go through, and we preach that that you know I understand with some of the, the the women runners in our group experience and have to deal with in their running experiences and mm-hmm. vice versa. So it's like making sure like people know at the end of the day like this is what I go through, this is what I experience, and then. Um, being able, like, how can I help? How can I assist in that? How can the group help? How can the group assist to change that that habit or that environment um, and make it safer and make it better um, for for one another? And it's you no, know, it's holding people accountable for the people that we work with. It's like this is important to us. This is what we do. And you know, if if you don't see that and you can't align with that, then we don't need to work with you. Right. And and then when you go to partner with like brands, I mean, how do you you know go about you know in terms of formulating that? partnership to make sure that they hold up their end of the bargain, essentially. I mean, it's, it's a lot of this in, you know, depending on if it's a, a contract based type of partnership or an agreement, um, everything happens in like those initial conversations. And it's, yeah. this is what we're about. This is what we want to do like point blank. And then making sure we, we have, you know, our lawyers or whoever we need to make sure it's like, how, how do we communicate this? in a legal, like in, in legal speak that this is what's important to us. And then that's how you, you know, for us, that's how we help, you know, hold certain people, like the bigger brands, like accountable right. um, that we have in the past. And the smaller ones is just, it's another conversation too. It's like, you know, because we are a group of predominantly minority runners in this time, it's a lot of people that are reaching out to like have folks like us to be, you know, speak on their behalf or speak on their platform. And it's like, if you're not, if you're not really about that life, then, you know, it'll be evident. And it's like, well, do you want, how do you want us to help? Do you just want to put us, um, use us as a voice or face, or do you want us to actually help like see the value that we bring, pay us for the value that we bring, and then align and listen to us with our ideas and, um, and to help you, you know, to speak to our audience. Right. So that's, you know, the ways that we want to go about doing and how we can help you accountable. I think it goes back to just putting the work in, you know, yeah. are they, you know, are you willing to put the work in? And I think if, if they are, then it's, you know, probably someone that has, that's a good person to, to partner with. Exactly. <laughs> it's a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk out here. So everybody can talk. Everybody can talk. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into, I got a few more questions here as we wind down. Um, what's the, uh, what's the last book you read or what are you reading right now? Um, let's see. I just had purchased, um, uh, Guy Ross's 
book, uh, How I Built This. Oh yeah, I love the podcast. I haven't I haven't yeah. read his book, but I love the podcast. I've, I've been I've been working on that book. Um, it's like the last one that I kind of like opened up and been just like kind of going through and his experience of working with different people. Again, in that kind of like entrepreneurial thing, and just right. learning from you know learning from other people's experiences and and trying to apply it. So that's one that I've been working on. Okay. Sure. What, uh, what are you watching on TV these days? Mm, it's a lot of TV. <laughs> I need to go back and honestly make a list of all the shows that I've streamed over the last year. And I would be amazed and horrified. I think of all the shows that I have binged over the last year, for sure. Same here. <laughs> Same here. Watch, uh, you know, that's my way of decompressing and kind of shut the brain down. Big time. It's cool just to get a good show going. Um, yeah, it's been kind of so many. I'm gonna try to think what I'm watching now. Come on, I mean, I'm I'm watching Real Housewives of Potomac right now, so I mean, you can let me have it. It's okay. Yeah, I don't know about that, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> We're on season five. It's it's electric, electric. I might have a different term for it, but you know, shout out to them for you know getting their coin. <laughs> That's right. Uh oh, man. I mean, I know I had, I mean, I come into America, the, the, the sequel had just came out. So that was exciting. What'd you think? I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I thought they did a pretty good job of uh, kind of holding true to the first one. It was right in line with, you know, I thought the first one was corny when it came out and funny. Yeah. And this one was like, for this time, corny and funny as well. I thought it fit. I think people held it to like this high standard of like, Oh, it needs to be a masterpiece. He's like, no, it just needs to be. I thought Arsenio Hall was fantastic. Oh, he was great. He's fantastic. <laughs> He's fantastic. Um, all right. What's uh what's one thing you're you're a DC native? What's one thing that you think everybody here in DC needs to experience? Mm. Like just an experience. It could be, I mean, it could be it, this it, in recent weeks, this question has been just like food recommendations essentially, but you know. If there is an experience you think um, you can, you know, versus food, you know, let's have at it. I would say, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of things. I mean, in the pandemic, I'm thinking one thing I thought that has been really cool to really get a flavor of like DC, you know, whether it's from like being in the middle of it or from afar has been um, the long live go-go folks um, from Mochella that have used like 14th street as a way to like, you know, go-go bands to come and perform during the pandemic and kind of like use their voice um, has been, was like, has been really cool. It can be a lot, especially, you know, it's a lot of music, it's a lot of people and they did it during the pandemic, which was, you know, safe, not safe. But I think like making sure you hear like an actual go-go band live is important for anybody that lives in the area for sure. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, I definitely saw that like on Twitter, I think out, out like on, on 14th street, just kind of guys would just kind of get together and play, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, this is, this is going down the rabbit hole a little further here. Uh, what's your, what's your favorite burger in DC? Oh, this is, this is, this has just become a, a topic. Go to burger. Do you eat meat for for starters? Oh, for sure. I'm a I'm a full blown carnivore. Okay, um, cool, cool. Let me think. Burger, burger, burger. Burger. If you're eating a burger, where are you going? Man. I know it's another one, um, but I would say Capital Capital uh, Burger. Capital right? Burger. Okay, that's the second person to say Capital Burger. So all right, pretty good. Pretty good. All right, good, good, good to know. 
Uh, last question. What is the best thing that's happened to you in the last seven days? Hmm. Seven days. Hmm. Give me something good. I know. I got it. I discovered this wine called Orange Swift. From Wait, what's it called? Us. It's the winery is called Orange Swift. Okay. Um, and it's a kind of pricey bottle, but okay. I'm now like obsessed with the 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 wine. The price point is pretty expensive, but it's an amazing wine. I'm Orange like, Swift. Orange Swift. So Papillon Abstract. Um, these are like the names of the wines. Oh, okay. Uh, Machete. They got cool oh. labels. A cool. It's an amazing wine. So that that has been really exciting. So, how do you how do you come across them? Uh, one of my friends put me on for it was like one of uh, one of our friends' birthdays, and they opened up a bottle of Papillon and. Papillon. Is that a red? It's a red. Okay. A lot of them are blends, but yeah. Okay. Wine. Local, mean, local winery or no? Or they're something? out of. They're out of Napa. Okay. All right. All right. Orange. Orange Swift. All right. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to to check them out. Oh, and then the last the, the last thing here, I said we were gonna talk about this. You uh, you've become internet famous for uh, being a uh, plant dad. Yep. Uh, what what are the uh, what are the what are some uh, tips you have for aspiring plant dads like myself? Um, you know, I would say watering schedule is important. Watering um, schedule. You know, at least, you know, make sure you, you, you can water, water and light and making sure you get plants. Like you buy plants for, instead of just buying plants to buy plants, buy plants to know where you can put them in uh, your house. Uh, so like when, when you know it needs water, make sure you like not just touch the top soil, but like, two inches deep in the soil to figure out, you know, how it's looking. Um, get a cactus. Cactuses are really dope. They're easy, right? They're pretty easy. I mean, if you put them, I, I put that cactus, well, you can't. I had a cactus that was like, they'll grow pretty fast if, you know, in the right, um, in the right light. And, but it's, they're pretty easy to keep, keep going. But okay, yeah, watering and then making sure you get like the right, plants for your space and not just buying plants that's that's the secret all right matt thank you so much for uh for coming on if people want to connect with you where can they find you uh you can find me on instagram my instagram is at mars green m-a-r-s-g-r-e-e-n um and you can find district running at district running collective on instagram as well um, and from there, you'll, you, you can, you can find all the other links, you know, and all my, and then your district, district running collective.com. Is that the website? District running collective.com. And then how, are you guys, you guys are still accepting new registrations for the, for the spring here? Uh, membership will open back up in July. Um, okay. and our weekly runs will RSVP will start opening on Monday. So people can still, uh, if they're not members, they can still sign, they can still come to the runs. Yeah, it's limited. So you gotta, limited, uh, but you can still sign up. You have to. You have to sign up in advance. Yes. Awesome. Love it, Matt. Thanks again, man. And we'll uh, definitely be talking soon. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Move the District today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Big League Performance Rehab and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free, head over to BigLeaguePerformanceAndRehab.com to learn more. Thanks, and until next time, keep moving, DC.